Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 105, just uh, about 24 hours after Roma's big, big victory at the San Siro over Inter, getting the monkey off of their proverbial backs. Uh, first win against Inter in the league in 10 tries. And uh, it sure feels good, huh, fellas? Yeah, it feels great. I really hadn't thought that it had been that long since we had won against Inter. Um, so it was very uh as you said great to get the monkey off the back to and finally get that victory and it wasn't the perfect performance by any means but they did just enough and they showed some character that they hadn't that Roma hasn't had against these big sides in recent memory so that was um very satisfying to watch and on top of that all of that without Mourinho on the touchline so clearly um you know, he has everybody bought in and his presence doesn't necessarily uh, or his absence rather doesn't necessarily change how this team plays. So that's a great sign as well. Yeah, Salvatore yeah, Foti for a uh, full-time bench, right? <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'd go along with all that, except for maybe Foti to the full-time bench. <laughs> uh, I was pretty discouraged, to be honest with you, by the first 15 to 20 minutes of the match. Uh, we were falling into, you know, traps that we usually do. Um, early scores by players that you don't expect um, causing a 1-0 hole to develop very quickly. And it was very nice to see that after the Jaco uh, almost goal and then the DeMarco actual goal, that Roma seemed to find some continuity at the back. It seemed to find some actual attacking prowess and continue to rely on set pieces to actually get the job done. Um, so, yeah, I would say that this was a much more resilient side against a big club than I've seen in recent years, which was very, you know, very good thing to see. Yeah, for sure. So to, to start at the beginning, I mean, I think the big surprise for me at least was the fact that Tammy Abraham was on the bench 
It wasn't Andrea Belotti starting in his place. Paolo Dybala was fit. Lorenzo Pellegrini was fit. We thought maybe it would be, you know, Dybala, Zaniolo uh, behind Abraham with Pellegrini dropping further back. Instead, it was Pellegrini and Zaniolo uh, behind Dybala. So did the false nine look surprise you as much as it surprised me to open the match? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, I think given Tammy's run of form lately, it's probably overdue but in a match of this magnitude take some guts to put your top goal scorer from last season on the bench um it ended up working out and i think hopefully long term it's a kick in the butt to tammy to kind of step it up but even when he came on he didn't to me at least didn't seem to impact the game that i would have i would have liked to have seen um so that's why for me this is more hopefully a, a long-term benefit to Tammy. But um in terms of the actual setup, I thought as Jimmy mentioned, you know, the first 15 minutes or so was pretty atrocious. But by and large, um I I liked it. I think when I first saw that it was announced, I was I'm not one of the people who hates the Crisante Montage pairing in the midfield, but I was, I can only imagine how those folks were uh, <laughs> feeling because I'm assuming they thought that it'd finally be a, an opportunity for Pellegrini to get back into that pivot. But um, I don't think it's something that Mourinho is going to go to consistently, but it's good to know that in a pinch, it's something that they can, they can work with. Yeah, I would go with that. I think that, so one of the important things that Roma need to do to find success in multiple competitions is develop enough alternative plans of attack, both in the attack and elsewhere on the pitch, uh, because quite simply, the schedule is insane uh, this year because of the World Cup being in December, uh, because of so many different factors. Roma is often playing two to three matches over the course of seven days. And as much as Roma was able to grind its way to a Europa Conference League victory, last season with a not particularly deep squad that's not going to work this season at all uh for either the europa league or trying to get a champions league spot or trying to win the Copa italia so i would say that as much as i wasn't bowled over by the um, by a pellegrini in that false nine role uh i would also say that it was never going to be perfect from step one and i'm pretty encouraged honestly that Mourinho felt comfortable enough to tweak the lineup as things go um, on in a big match. Like we have to agree that this was a big match to so the fact that he felt comfortable doing that and not just relying on a obviously tired kind of out of form Tammy Abraham was significant and important in terms of, you know, the, the team's long-term hopes of being able to field multiple different exciting attacking lineups. Yeah. I, I like the, you know, creativity, I guess you can say from Mourinho, the fact that he was, not just set in his ways starting Abraham because he's been his guy for a, a season and a quarter now. Uh, he's been in a poor run of form, like Brandon mentioned. He has not been playing well. He did come on in the second half, got a look at goal. Um, one of Roma's better looks at goal, which was was right at Hendanovic. I think he had actually their highest XG of any shot they put on target. But a different, different way to approach things, and it, it worked out well. And we'll get into Dubal in just a couple minutes, but... He, again, proved why he is so vital to this team. Starting out, though, Brandon and I were talking off the air while we were waiting for Jim, and I was saying it felt like here we go again. Ten minutes in, Edin Dzeko scored on a kind of a broken play. The ball rolled to him. Luckily, VAR intervened, but 
it was almost another one of those rumble falls behind in the first 10 minutes of the match. And here we are playing catch up again. Um, certainly did not feel good. And, you know, until VAR took it away. And then they did give up the goal to Federico DeMarco in the 30th minute. I thought that goal was very much on Rui Patricio. I, I know Bren felt the same way. I know Bren's not the biggest fan of Patricio, but uh, what'd you guys make of the, the inter goal in the 30th minute assisted by uh, Barella? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it was definitely weak on, on Ruby's part. Um, I think 10 times out of 10, he should be saving that, especially it wasn't really a well-struck shot. So, and given that it was near post, it's kind of inexcusable for uh, Rui not to save that. But I know the midfield has some blame for that as well because it, Barella just kind of cut them wide open and... Um, found DeMarco for the for the for the goal but um yeah so I mean I put I put it mostly on Rui but I think that's it's more evidence to to the Montage Crisante pairing haters um of just why that midfield pairing doesn't necessarily work um and given that we had the lucky break with with the Jekko goal getting ruled out I thought that it was really indicative of Roma's failure to capitalize on that lucky break. And uh, we've, we've talked a lot about how Roma easily concede or tend to appear to easily concede in the opening stages of these matches. And so to get that lucky break and to not um, take advantage and then sub- sub- subsequently concede in the 30th minute like that, it was very, uh, I, I was, I was ready to to give up on the game. I'll, I'll say that, but uh, obviously they were able to bounce back and, and end up getting the three points. But at that point in the match, I was like, oh, here we go again. I don't know if I'd go as far as to call the Jacob goal being ruled disallowed uh, a lucky break simply because I don't think it was a goal. Like, I feel like the lucky break kind of implies that it was should have been a goal. I don't think it should have been a goal. Um, I think the ref made the right call there, which is pretty rare for me to say that. Um and but beyond that, I do agree that Roma has major issues with conceding early and, and it can totally fundamentally change the course of the match when you give up a goal within the first 15 minutes. And you're right that I don't think we saw the kick in the pants that that disallowed goal should have given Roma after that. Like, I, I don't think that they played with with much more energy after managing to still be zero zero. Uh, I do think that it was admirable that they got to 1-1 by halftime. And overall, there were definitely some positives to how the match was played by Roma that I think we can take away as good signs for the next time that Roma plays a big club like Inter. Yeah, I, I, I do think getting that goal, like you mentioned before, halftime is big for Roma. And it took a piece of magic, really. It was uh, <clears throat> Leonardo Spinazzola made a good play, I believe, uh, on Barella to step in, steal the steal the ball as they were... You know, Inter is moving up the pitch. He comes down the left-hand side of the pitch, whips in a pretty nice cross, and it was more Paolo Dybala magic. I mean, his fifth goal in, in Roma colors ready between all competitions. And, I mean, that it was just a lovely goal. A very low-probability chance, if you're think, talking about, like, the XG on that, was was certainly not anywhere near one. It was probably closer to zero. And Dybala just finished it lovely, bounced it, uh, off the volley, uh, off the turf, and and over Handanovic. Handanovic got a piece, but it was too quick for him to save. Roma tied it, and I mean, 
we've talked about Dybala before and we'll be talking about him all season long as long as he's, you know, healthy and and clicking like this. But he is, and I'm not afraid to say, he is the the first true game breaker Roma's had, in my opinion, since Francesco Totti hung up his boots. Yeah, that's fair to say. I'd agree with that. I think he's far and away the best player on the squad. Um, and as he goes, so go Roma, it seems like. Um, and so for him to continue to keep up his uh, hot run of form and get back on the score sheet's very encouraging. I think. Um, I think you know every every big team um, has their talisman, and I think that. For the last few years, that's been Pellegrini, but I think Dybala is making a case for him to be that as well. Um, and as long as he keeps performing like this, I'm all in on on labeling him that. But um, yeah, it's it you know it's a moment of magic from him. I think you can make the argument that Handanovic should have saved it, but that's um, you know still an, an excellent volley by Dybala. Yeah, I I would definitely agree that. Dybala is the closest that we've had to Toti since Toti. Um, I don't think that that's to say that Dybala is on Toti's level necessarily, but I think in terms of being able to create sheer magic, create goals, both for himself and for others, he's shown an ability in the Roma kit in such a limited sample size to make magic happen that it would be crazy to not be putting him in that conversation at the very least. As for kind of the Pellegrini versus Dybala being kind of the talisman, I think that maybe the best way to put it is Dybala is far closer to like the peak of his peak than I would say that Pellegrini is at this point in his career. Um, I think that we often forget when we as Romanisti criticize a lot of members of the squad, just how young this squad is overall. Uh, particularly in comparison to Inter's squad or um, Milan's squad or Juventus's squad. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini is not, it's like closer to, it's like 26 years old. That's not, that's still pretty early in your pro- theoretical prime as a midfielder. I would say the same thing for Nicolo Zaniolo, Roger Ibanya, Gianluca Mancini. Uh, some of those players are closer to 20 than they are to 27. And others are in their, definitely in their mid-20s. So it's nice to have a player like Dybala who is very comfortably in his prime in his late 20s and he's able to take over a match and has been there before in a way that even our more experienced younger players have not beyond, you know, that ECL victory. And I think that that provides a lot of extra grit that is necessary to win these types of matches against the Inter Milans of the world. Yeah, he's a match winner. I mean, if you look at the way Inter approached that match yesterday, they had nothing going through the center of the pitch, right? Everything was out wide, tried to whip in crosses and... And they don't have that creativity in the midfield. They have, they have some good midfielders in Chalnaglu and Barella and these guys. But I, 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 you have to wonder if they're kind of kicking themselves for passing up on Dybala this past summer and going for Lukaku, who wasn't even available to play and has been injured for much of the season so far. Dybala is just that match-winning type player that Roma has been lacking. And you wonder if, if he was available for that Atalanta match when Roma created so many chances, if one of them would have found the back of the net, if, if Dybala was on the end of one of those shots. And maybe things turn out differently there because he just showed, you know, it it takes very little for him to find one for Roma. I mean, that goal he scored, like Brent said, you know, you can make an argument that hand out, which maybe should have saved it, pushed it over the bar or something. But it was just such a quality volley that it was so hard for, I think, hand damage to react and 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 make that save. And Dybala's impact has been 
huge on Roma so far. I mean, the quote unquote free agent, I know there's, you know, agent fees and all these other things involved in these, these free signings, but the free signing has been huge for Roma really shows that big names can come here and succeed. And hopefully it, it leads to more of those kind of signings in the uh, near future as Roma's building this squad. So they go to halftime. It's one, one, you know, you got to feel a little bit better about it at the half with, with that score line. And then, you know, Roma was able to, I think, build their way much more into the match in the first 15 minutes or so of the second half. They they were controlling a little more possession. No clear chances, really, until Tammy's in the 71st minute. They did dodge a bullet when Chalunoglu uh, hit the the woodwork. Um, I can't remember if it was in the run of play or on a free kick. I think it was in the run of play. And it was real close to going in. Actually, no, it was a free kick because uh, Martinez was fouled before that. So they they dodged that bullet. Ten minutes later, it's Chris Smalling on the end of a beautiful, beautifully weighted free kick from Pellegrini. Pretty much unmarked header for Smalling. We saw Inter kind of bottle a couple of those free headers on set pieces earlier in the match. Uh, a Cherubi jumps to mind for me. Uh, Smalling doesn't miss. He just puts it in the back of the net. I mean, what can we say besides the fact that he is pretty much a rock almost every match for him on the back? And here he comes up with the game-winning goal in a big match. Another one of the veterans who's been been there, done that, played for big teams, comes up with the winner. Yeah, I would definitely say that despite Roma's excellent depth at center back over the past couple seasons, this Smalling, Mancini, Ibanez trio with Kumbola on the side, I think that's better depth at center back than we've had in quite some in big picture wise since I've really been following Roma. That's the best center back depth we've had. Beyond that. I would say that Smalling is probably the best center back that I've seen in consistent form for Roma since I started seriously following the club in the mid 2000s. I I was not expecting that when he signed at all. Uh, I don't think anybody really was. I think that a lot of people thought of him as a has been who was kind of past it after his Manchester United years were not that impressive. Um, but he's really shown himself to be probably the best English center back uh, playing right now. And I would add that. I think, sim- as you were saying, Steve, that uh, similar to Dybala, being, having been there, having done that, I think that when you combine him with younger, more energetic players like Mancini and Ibanez, you get a little bit of level-headedness that is necessary, particularly when you're comparing him to a guy like Mancini, who, let's be, let's give him his flowers, he got his first yellow card of the season this weekend. <laughs> like, that was only his, it's only his first um as opposed to last time where it was like i swear to god every other match he was getting yeah. a yellow card i think he um, finished like 17 last year so <laughs> yep he's That's got he, so far this season he's gotten a lot better we should give him props for that um but especially when you have players like, like him and ibanez who are very talented but also can be hotheads it's really important to have a player like smalling to balance that out and to provide a little bit of equilibrium to the defensive back line uh and yeah you can't the goals will come or they won't come. I'm not too worried about Smalling as a goal scorer. Um, it's nice that he's able to score off of set pieces like this. Um, but to me, he had a great match that was just like more of the same from him overall. Like the things that impressed me the most was not the goal scoring. It was the way that he is defensively almost always there at the right moment at the right time. Yeah, I can't really add much more to Jimmy's, um, you know, talking about Smalling's importance to the team. I will say 
in terms of the goal itself, it really just highlights how much of an aerial threat this team is, uh, mm-hmm. especially with these center backs at their disposal. I recall the broadcast mentioning how, um, you know, Roma was one of, if not the best um, team on set pieces from, um, you know, from a scoring perspective in all of Europe. And uh, set pieces like that are exactly the reason why I think uh, I've made no secret that I want Dybala to take over PK duties from Pellegrini. But in terms of free kicks, especially long free kicks like that one where, um, you know, you need the perfect ball. I, as long as Pellegrini is delivering them like that, take them all day. I, you know, don't care at all. And it's a, it's a valuable weapon because so often your, your team wins a free kick and you have some hope that something can come of it, but you don't actually view it as a realistic weapon. Whereas with this Roma team, that definitely is a realistic weapon where you can anticipate having a, quality shot um or a chance on goal and uh you know credit to to Mourinho and staff for drilling them on the training ground to get them to that point where they it is such a weapon but um you know once again that that, that shows up yeah it's a, it's a big time weapon Roma is one of the best teams from set pieces they have a big lineup especially when you're playing a midfield with Cristante Matic you have the three big center backs uh Tammy's on the pitch a lot of the time for these set pieces and uh, Mancini was actually asked because there was no Mourinho press conference unfortunately because those are always fun to to listen to or the the post-match quotes but uh, Mancini took a lot of the questions as he closed the match as the captain after Pellegrini came off with some cramps Um, he was asked if there's a secret to the dead ball situations and he said like everything we work on those in training there are two crucial aspects though first of all who takes the free kicks because that's basically what half the goal comes down to and like like Brendan said I mean the, the free kicks from Pellegrini have been spot on lately and then who rises the highest, whether it's me or Chris Smalling or Tammy or whoever. Clearly, it's something that's going to be difficult to defend against, and you have to be absolutely committed to doing so. Conceding goals from set pieces is always something that is tough to stomach. And uh, it was certainly tough to stomach for Inter. Uh, they couldn't find their way back from it. They did have one chance late that was cleared by Smalling um, a couple of feet off the goal line. It wasn't a goal line clearance, but he did make a big clearance. And Roma saw it out. Um, they didn't They didn't really bend too much. I, from what I recall, there weren't too many big chances for Inter. Um, in terms of XG, uh, the scoreline pretty much did Roma justice. Roma's XG was 1.04 to enter 0.76. So for this one, Roma overperformed, which is nice to see rather than underperforming because we've seen them underperform uh, very, a very lot. poorly this year. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I couldn't even think of the adjective I wanted to use to, <laughs> Just, to <yes>. describe. <laughs> yeah, I think that they had like a seven goal differential between their yeah. XG and actual gold at some point. It's been embarrassing in a sense that like not even embarrassing. It's just been frustrating um, to see guys like Holland bang in three, uh, three hat tricks in a row at home and then be like, we can't we can't string together a goal, even though we create great chances on the re- on the regular um i would say that i would much rather be winning matches like this than drawing or losing matches where we get a lot of chances uh i think that quite simply it's important first of all for any Mourinho team Mourinho teams are so often built on the counter regardless of the attacking talent regardless of what talent is there and i think that's a better way to play than to from step one say we're going to play beautiful football and if we lose we lose um, I'd much rather say we're winning and then we're going to like try to win nicely too. But if we have to shit house to win, like I'd much rather shit house. 
Um, I also don't think that this match was too much of a shit house situation either. That Dibalo goal was probably one of my favorite goals that I've seen live in a while. Um, that was just incredible. I think that you guys would both agree. And overall, uh, Mancini's comments were on point. Uh, it's kind of funny. I I appreciate his interviews because they are, you know, they generally seem pretty pretty intelligent about the game, which isn't unsurprising in the sense that he's a very good player, but it is surprising in the sense that he seems like an absolutely insane person. Um, <laughs> so like the fact that he can be a coherent like interviewee uh, while also just seeming completely insane on the pitch is just, you know, good for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say going, going back to the shit housing real quick, speaking of uh, Maddie Kamara, uh in extra yeah time. props to maddie Kamara. i like him man he's good i like him yeah i'm all on board with uh the maddie hype train he uh he showed me enough in the in those in those extra time minutes that i'm, I'm on board to get he him seems hungry coverage. like he legit seems yeah. hungry to get into the to the starting 11 or at least get serious rotation minutes which is the exact type of perspective that we need right now from the players that are kind of like not guaranteed members of the starting 11, but should be there to provide depth whenever we need it. Like we need that from Belotti. We need, and Belotti looked great at the end too. Um, our subs looked like they actually gave a crap at the end of this one, which was really important and sometimes didn't actually happen in prior seasons. So to have players like Belotti, Camara, uh, you know, be able to come in and, you know, increase the heartbeat of the game uh try to make it a little more aggressive after you know most of the players who have been playing for minute one are tired that's really critical and yeah yeah if you what what i want to see from the subs is exactly what Kamara did which is you know he he's he stepped up to take that free kick um like he's been doing it for years and you know blasted it nearly went over the bar but that's exactly the type of uh aggression and um you know that you want to see especially i'm sure Mourinho loved that and all his contributions so um definitely definitely a good cameo from him yeah i i suspect we'll see more of him probably in the midweek i mean this is a busy stretch we have betis both you know these next two thursdays uh, i think it's leche squeezed in between there so there's me plenty of of minutes to go around and I, I would suspect that he gets one of those starts uh either thursday or su- uh, sunday depending on how marini wants to approach everything um with with the europa league and this and the Serie A schedule um definitely want to look at a couple more of the comments from the, the the players mostly mancini but before i get there i do have to point out uh, i did the picks to click this week and i tab four players as potential players to click i had paulo dibala he scored a goal I had Lorenzo Pellegrini provided the winning assist. I had Leo Spinazzola, who had a, the assist on Dybala's goal. And I had Ibanez, who had himself a pretty good game again. I didn't have Smalling, but, I mean, the four guys I tapped, I have to say, I'd, hopefully I, I sent some good mojo their way because they had a pretty nice match, all four of them. Yeah, props to you. And it's a shame that Bren Loki stole your thunder on Twitter before you could make a mention of it. <laughs> yeah, I had it in the back of my head to mention it when we came on it earlier this morning. He actually tweeted it out. So I appreciate the love from Bren uh, <laughs> recognizing that I did tab four players because, you know, sometimes you tab four guys thinking, oh, you know, so and so is going to have a, a big match for whatever reason. And then they just they lay an egg and that didn't happen. And I'm just glad I didn't tab Patricio or anything. But uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, that never crossed my mind. But now good to see that most of the team did have a, a very solid match. I mean, the only 
you know, Saint um, Sinner, I believe, and the Sinners and Saints. I mean, Brent did tab Zaniolo too. I didn't think Zaniolo was that bad, um, but he he made his way into the this the sin bin, I guess you could say. I don't necessarily feel that way. I yeah. saw <laughs> I I saw that on the article, and I hate to say it, I hate to cause dissent, but like I don't think he qualified as a sinner today yeah. in, or for this weekend, in my opinion. Um, I think that a lot of people are like, I don't get it. Why doesn't he just run around the defender? Or I don't get it. Why does he fall down when someone grabs him by the shorts? And it's like, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of easier said than done to some of the critiques that Zaniolo gets when he doesn't score a goal. Um, I think that given the fact that it's a lot easier to say that given that we beat Inter, but also he was doing everything that I'd want him to do except for scoring a goal. And to be honest with you, I saw that a lot last season too. There were a lot of matches where it just just because he wasn't scoring didn't mean that he wasn't a valuable person on the pitch. And so I would say that he was valuable to Roma's success on the pitch this weekend. And yeah, he was definitely not a sinner in my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree as well. He, I think he did pretty well. And obviously goals and assists are what, uh, at least on social media, a lot of us go off of. So you're going to obviously get his detractors coming out when he, when he doesn't get on the score sheet in some capacity, but I thought he played pretty well. And uh, there was a moment where he had what, like four interplayers around him and he was dribbling through them and it uh, invokes, um, you know, memories of that picture of Andres Iniesta with like eight dudes around him trying to yeah. get the ball away. And I'm not saying that Zaniolo is Iniesta by any means, but he he has an impact on the game where you have to commit those defenders to him. And so um, it didn't manifest itself into a goal or assist for him today. But I think with an impact like that, um, you can't really complain too much. Yeah. So one thing we mentioned earlier is you got to have the mentality when you go against these big teams. And Mancini spoke about that after the match. And he said the coach emphasized a lot of the aspect of playing in front of hostile crowds in our recent workouts. He would tell us that in order to win these games away from home, we should always walk onto the pitch with the character and determination with the awareness that at the start of the game, that we're on the same level as, as the opponent. But as the minutes go by, we ultimately become the better team. And, and that played itself out in this match. And then he also talked about the start of the match. Um, you know, He was asked why Roma didn't push up into the inter half and it was 0-0. They only seemed to start doing that after they went behind. And Mancini said, it's true. We didn't play how we prepared for this one during the first 10 to 15 minutes. We didn't go and try to engage them high up the pitch, but this is what the boss wanted us to do. He wanted us to just leave a chair to play the ball. It's something we need to work on, but it's not down to the tactical setup of the coach and his staff. They prepared us, and it's down to us to execute better on the pitch. We need to, um, to better engage the other teams. So I'm, I'm taking both of those quotes, and you can see that the Mourinho effect is there, right? That mental side of the game. He's telling his team how they need to approach these matches and, and all that. But then Mancini admits that the players didn't really execute that plan in the first 10 to 15 minutes. So I, even though Mourinho's working on that mental side of the game, it's clear that I think there's still some work to be done. Yeah, but I would also say that there's no such thing as a overnight fix unless, you know, yeah. There's no such thing as an overnight fix to a mentality issue. And Roma's mentality issues have been so deeply set for so long. Uh, kind of going beyond any individual player, just as a club. I think. And for Roma to be able to move past that, it's going to take a lot of work regardless of who you bring in. I think that we're doing all the right steps to be able to move past it, though, um, which is all you can really ask for. 
yeah definitely i think that that um that self-doubt has been a part of the fabric of the club for for some time now which uh we all knew and the players themselves are becoming have se seemingly become more and more self-aware that that's an issue so that was one of the directives that Mourinho was brought in under um as we understand and he's been doing a great job in in changing that mentality as we've so often talked about but you're going to get cracks here and there especially um when you're when you're going to the match a little bit on the back foot given that Mourinho was suspended for this game so you don't really have um you know that focal point that they otherwise are used to and so i'm sure as the match went on they realized that you know what inter is not that much better than us if at all um and they were able to grow into the game but i suspect um Mourinho's absence might have had something to do with that initial first uh 10 to 15 minutes where they were pretty tentative um but yeah as you know we're going to keep seeing them grow and uh they're starting to win these games that they would lose um in seasons past so it's it's uh it's the 90 minutes tells you know the story of where Roma are at right now I think and um, they're only going to keep progressing though yeah, I mean, if you look at what they've done so far against the the quote-unquote big teams that they've played, if you count there being seven other maybe European contenders right now in terms of adding in Fiorentina, Adelanto, the Milan clubs, Juve, and, and Lazio, uh, and of course Napoli, a tough, tough draw at Juve, a match Roma probably should have won, especially looking back now, a one nothing, very tough to take loss against Adelanto, a match that Roma really played their probably their best match of the season up to that point. And then they go to the San Siro and get the win. So it's one, one and one so far out of three matches. I mean, if you said before the season started one, one and one, we'd probably say, okay, that's a decent enough start. I mean, the way the match has played out, you'd almost feel like Roma should be three and on these matches, but maybe this is the turning point moving forward. Maybe if they get into a hard fought match with Napoli or Milan later in the season, this is the match they can look to and say, you know what, we're down a goal, but we've done this before. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair to say. I think that, Quite simply, just as winning ECL was critical for Roma in the sense that they now know that they can win a title, uh, I think that being able to have these come-from-behind victories against major clubs gives them confidence that even if they're down a goal, there's a way for them to show that they're the better side and prove that they're the better side. Because I don't have any doubts that these players think of themselves as class players, because they are. But it's clear that there's a mentality shift that is in the process of happening. There will be growing pains. There will be times when it doesn't really work out with like the Atlanta loss, for example. But I still have overall some pretty good confidence about where Roma is and where can, Roma can go, um, particularly with some of the positive news that we've seen recently regarding renewals for players like Christian Volpato, um, rumors of renewals being very close for players like Nicolo Zaniolo, Brian Cristante, and uh, Mourinho himself. I think this yeah, results. Uh, no, I was just to say, if they get that Mourinho deal over the line, that would that would certainly be a step huge. in the, the huge, like long term step. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be a huge stamp of approval for the direction the project's going if Mourinho signs off on that. But I was going to say, I think this win really sets Roma up nicely for the two matches against Batista that are coming up. Because prior to this intermatch, I was very worried about those to the point that I thought. Roma could 
potentially lose both of them. I don't necessarily feel that way now. Um, and if they can do well enough against Batiste, they'll be going on a pretty decent high going into that Napoli match, you would imagine. So um, get a couple of good results there and then go into Napoli on, on a little bit of a confidence high and who knows what could happen. It could be a start of a winning run against some of these sides. Yeah, and um, just looked to to see what Batista did. They actually lost this weekend one nothing. Uh, they had fell behind to Celta Vigo one nothing within nine minutes, and then had a red card in the twentieth minute, and they lost that match. So Rome was coming in with good momentum. Batista's coming off of a very disappointing match by how they've been playing this season. So this could set Rome up uh, nicely for the, the you know the first match on Thursday. The first one is in Rome, so to me that's even more important to win on Thursday because you're at home. Um, you know, especially with the way the, the, the group stage is going, Batiste is on six points, Ludogorets and Roma both on three with Roma losing to Ludogorets in that, that first match. And then of course, Helsinki's in, in last on, on zero points. So you almost have to think that Ludogorets with the way that things have gone so far, probably find a way to beat Helsinki. And, you know, you could be behind both these teams if you don't win. So, uh, definitely to me, it's a must win for Roma at home. I think there'll be some roster turnover, but, um, you know, We'll, we'll see how it plays out, but I think Roma's going in with the right momentum at least. We'll see how Mourinho decides to rotate or not rotate with Lecce on Sunday to follow. So a couple minutes left, guys. What do you uh, what do you see playing out Thursday, Sunday, in, in maybe terms of how you expect Roma to approach these matches? I wouldn't be surprised to see a Bolotti start if he's up to fitness for one of these matches. I don't know which in particular. Maybe uh, the Betis match. Uh, I think that at some point you got to start trusting him. And if you don't start trusting him soon, he'll start having questions in his head about like, wait, do they trust me? And if that becomes a whole other mental issue that you don't want a striker to believe, you want a striker to believe, you know, that they've got their faith. Um, and so I'm hoping to see Belotti. I'm hoping to see Zalewski get good minutes because although Spinazzola was impressive this match, you could tell that he was getting tired um, as the match wore on. And I hope to see more of Zeki Celik as well, because I was actually, I've been very impressed by him over the course of his first, I guess, two months or two and a half months in Rome. Uh, he's definitely been impressive. Yeah, I thought Celik was great as well. I think um, over these next two matches, I can see Mourinho going with his strongest 11 for the match against Batiste midweek. Not to discredit Lecce entirely, they are uh, near mid-table, so going to be a tough match against them as well but i think with that with that loss um against ludogorets that th this is the priority at this point um because you can't afford to to lose to drop points against batista especially at home so i think i could see Mourinho going with his strongest 11 for thursday and doing that the rotation come um the match against leche but i think they'll be going into those matches on a high and i could see them winning both of them obviously that's that's the jinx that we all dread so um feel free to come after me <laughs> when they don't win both but i'm feeling good going into both yeah I, I agree i think you probably see the little bit stronger lineup on thursday if they're going to do um some rotation maybe you change one or two players out and then another three to four on sunday even i think zalewski kamara Belotti, all those guys kambula now um probably online for a start somewhere maybe even uh, an el Sharari or somebody so we'll leave it there. Roma's got a busy week ahead. Keep up with all the coverage on, on the site. And uh, it's going to be a busy few weeks for us. So we'll be back next week, hopefully to wrap up two more Roma victories.